and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Psalm 27 verse 1. Today I want to preach a message that's been on my heart for some time called Freedom from Fear. Freedom from Fear. Psalm 27 verse 1. Are you ready? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Come on, say amen. And to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted above, above all my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to God. One of the most repeated and reiterated themes in the Word of God is simply this sentence, and that is, don't be afraid. When Abraham is called to leave his father's house, God speaks to him and says to him, Abraham, don't be afraid. When God prepares Moses to send him to Pharaoh, the same words are used to Moses, don't be afraid. When the children of Israel prepare to enter the promised land, God gives to them the commandment, don't be afraid. When Joshua is appointed as the leader of the children of Israel, on numerous occasions, God speaks to him and says to him, Joshua, don't be afraid. When Saul is converted and Ananias is sent to Saul, the Lord speaks to Ananias and says to him, Ananias, don't be afraid. And it's Paul who puts a capstone on this sentence by telling us in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given to us, come on, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You cannot miss from Genesis to Revelation this cry to the people of God, don't be afraid. Why is it that God seems to repeat this command over and over again to His people that we are not to be afraid. Could it be? Because God understands that the devil's greatest weapon against the people of faith is fear. Could it be because God knows that we have the tendency at times to be afraid, to be worried and to be anxious? In this Psalm that we've read This morning, we read a psalm of a man who was afraid. And through a series of events, 
he comes out the other side victorious. I want to show you three things from this psalm this morning that we're going to digest, we're going to learn, and today, together, we are going to overcome the spirit of fear. First thing is, number one, I want to show you out of this psalm, the order of faith. I want you to notice the movement in this psalm. I want you to notice when David speaks about the Lord, he does not say, I will not fear because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Watch the order. It says, Psalm 27 verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? David, in the order of faith, has a revelation, firstly, of who God is. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When you think about it, David declares the Lord as light. He says that this Lord that we serve, He is light. Now, just park with me on this just for a moment. Darkness presents uncertainty, fear. Come on now. It presents doubt. It causes us to be afraid. But David says that the Lord is my light. Now, if you and I were to come into this auditorium at two o'clock in the morning, and one thing I can guarantee you, it is pitch black in this place. <laughs> and all of a sudden, if Jared on lighting says, oh, he's on sound, but if he was on lighting, <laughs> and he, he turned the lights on, you would see in this auditorium, a whole bunch of things that, watch this, was already here. The Bible says, the Lord is my light. That is, when we have, come on now church, when we have a revelation of who He is, we begin to see things that was not transported into the auditorium prior to you and I coming here. It was already here. You are strong. You are anointed. You are above. Come on, church. You are not beneath. You are the head and not the tail. Come on. You are a call, man or woman of God. It's already here. Light shows you what's already in the room. What's already in the room is that God is for you and not against you. What's already in the room is that He paid a price 2,000 years ago for your salvation and that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. David says, when dealing with fear, the order of faith is not to focus on the fear, but the order of faith is for you to see what already exists. And what already exists, Horizon Church, is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
that he has won the victory, the devil is defeated, and Jesus Christ is Lord. That you are blessed, and come on now, and surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Come on now. The Lord is my light. He's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Notice David uses, I read the New King James, so I do apologise. He says, whom? Whom is a person? Some of you, your fear is a situation with a person. Some of you, your fear is someone who's trying to make life a little bit difficult for you. Come on, you've ever had someone like that in your life? David says, whom? Who, who is this person? I won't fear. Because I've had a revelation of who he is. And in having a revelation of who he is, when I compare whom to the greatness of my God, come on church, I can boldly stand here before you today with a resolute conviction and say, the Lord, He's on my side. What shall man do to me? Because I've discovered that my God, He's able. My God is great. Come on, my God is mighty. My God is sovereign. And my God is too big to be worried about you. <laughs> I will not fear because I know who God is. Amen. Church, today is the day that we are not caught up in worrying and thinking about things and the fear of what may or may not be or what we're going through. We are here today to declare the Lord is my life. And come on, my salvation of whom shall I be afraid? Number two, follow the pattern. Watch the pattern. The pattern is simply this. Psalm 27, verse three, David says, though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war, ever had war? <laughs> Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Uh, I want you to watch the progression. Watch what's happened with David's fear. In verse one, it starts with a whom. It starts with a person. By the time you track this difficulty that David's going through, in verse three, he's now dealing with an army. And he's now dealing... With war, he says, though war may rise against me. Ever been at a place in your life where it's gone beyond a person and you got warring circumstances? Come on now. You just got to live long enough <laughs> and you've got a warring situation of some sort. David's saying, I'm now not just dealing with a person, I'm actually dealing with 
with powers. David says, even though powers may come against me, I'm not going to be afraid. Even though I stand against these powers and not just people, because Ephesians tells us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. David says, I may stand by myself, but I'm going to be confident. When they pull out the rug from under me, I'm going to be confident. When they speak behind my back, I will be confident. When the medical report is against me, I will be confident. Now watch this. This is the greatest revelation you're going to have at Horizon Church today. Are you ready? Guess what, bef- what comes before verse 3? Verse 2. Amazing. <laughs> Look at verse 2 of Psalm 27. He says, When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, watch this, they stumbled and fell. David's saying, when powers came against me in verse three, I had a flashback. And the flashback was, I looked at past victories and I looked at the goodness of God over the years of my life. And I can testify today that God is good. Essentially, what David is giving to us is a confident prediction of the outcome. Ever had a confident prediction of the outcome? When you're in the war, when you're in the circumstance, David says, I've discovered everything is going to be all right. He's saying, I have drawn, come on church, I have drawn and come to a place of a resolute and logical conclusion that based on what has happened in the past, I'm here to declare to you today that God is good and no matter what comes, the blessing of God is for me and not against me. What did David see? David saw a pattern. So it's a little bit like this. It's called the process of induction. If I said to you, two, four, six, what comes next? It's logical. David's saying, I've drawn a logical conclusion based on the goodness of God in my life over the years. Though an army may rise against me, I look back at verse two and I saw the footsteps of the grace of God in my life. And because of the footsteps of the grace of God in my life, even though what I'm facing right now is perilous, it's an army, it's a war. Verse two tells me that God's for me. He'll bring the breakthrough. He'll bring it. And all I need to do is trust in Him. Can you say amen? Amen. Psalm 37 verse 25. I have been young. Now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, excuse me, pardon me, nor his descendants begging bread. If you live long enough, you get an opportunity to see the footsteps of grace. Paul said to Timothy, remind yourself 
of the prophecies spoken over you, that by them you might wage a good warfare. I've seen the goodness of God in my life time and time again. I've seen the goodness of God in Him shielding me, protecting me, loving me, strengthening me, encouraging me. Come on, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name, and forget not His benefits. I want to remind you today. I want to remind you of the goodness of God. I want to remind you of the day that you experienced Jesus Christ for the first time. Grace and mercy entered your life, healing. I want to remind you today of the day that you thought it was all over and you couldn't sleep. You were up all through the night and here you are today in the presence of God, receiving communion, worshipping, come on, loving Him, being loved by the people of God. I want to remind you today of when you were partying in that nightclub (laughs) to early hours of the morning, but God had His hand on you. God had His hand on you, protecting you, watching over you, drawing you to Himself, wooing you to His presence, the footsteps of grace. When you look at the children of Israel and their inability to enter the promised land, Joshua sends out 12 spies. They come back. You know the story. 10 spies give a negative report. Joshua and Caleb, or sorry, Moses sends out the spies and Joshua and and, uh, Caleb They give a positive report. It's interesting when you analyse their report of uh, the the spies who brought back the negative report, everything that they said about the promised land was absolutely true. They said, truly, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. But eventually they get to a place where rather than staying in the promises of God, they actually land in negativity and they say, however, there are giants in the land and I don't know if we can come up against these giants. What did they do? They forgot. They forgot the footsteps of grace. They forgot about an amazing God when they were in captivity in Egypt who was able to supernaturally deliver them. They forgot about a God when they were facing the Red Sea and an army was behind them and a Red Sea in front of them who supernaturally parted the waters and the Bible says they passed through on dry ground. They forgot about an awesome God who brought water from a rock. They forgot about an amazing God who blessed them, who blessed them with food from heaven. They forgot about the footsteps of grace. The order of faith is that you and I are in a place where we remember the goodness of God. And one of the most beautiful things about being in church is when we receive communion. Why? Because we are called to remember. We're called to remember His grace. We're called to remember His kindness and His mercy. And we're called to remember 
that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you're facing a war today, as some of you are, you're facing an army. It's not just a person. It's raging. Come on, it's raging all around you. Your job today is to remember. Remember the goodness of our God. Jairus is desperate to see his daughter healed. So desperate. Comes to Jesus. Jesus, my my daughter's at the point of death. Come on, who knows the story? Says, I need you to come and heal her. All of a sudden, in the middle of his request, a woman with the issue of blood comes and touches the hem of his garment. She's supernaturally healed. Now, the order is, Jairus was the one who asked first, yet now he's second. (laughs) And the woman with the issue of blood, she receives her need. Come on, I'm prophesying over someone today. She receives her need before Jairus. Well, Jairus could have said, look, I appreciate that you've reached out to Jesus today, but there's a thing called manners. Manners are, I ask the Lord first, which means that when with the issue of blood, you're going second. <laughs> he could have said, um, well, well, look, um, uh, when with the issue of blood, we, we like you. Uh, I've got a daughter at home who's at the point of death. Surely you can just wait a couple more hours. Come on, somebody, help me this morning. Well, Jesus starts to converse. Come on now. Jesus starts to converse with the woman, the issue of blood, and there's a man in the background. Come on now, in the background. And he's hearing and he's listening to the words of Jesus. Jesus says, the power's flown out of me. Disciples say, well, I mean, Lord, many people are touching you. Like, how can you say, who touched me? Power's gone out of me. He says, no, no, someone touched me today. Well, she has a healing, and eventually they get to Jairus' house, and Jairus' daughter is dead. Now, Jairus could have said, that woman, if we didn't waste 20 minutes waiting for her need, Jesus could have come and healed my daughter, my need, But in it all, God, watch this, was calling him to a place where he would remember. Remember the woman with the issue of blood. Remember what happened to her. Because it's not there to mock your faith. It's there to strengthen your faith. You strengthen your faith. Come on, Horizon. You strengthen your faith by remembering. When I come to church, I'm here to remember. I remember the 14-year-old boy, me, that is, who got invited to a church 
and experienced the goodness of God for the first time in his life. And I cannot deny that I had a supernatural encounter with the love of Jesus on that night, on my mum's birthday, the 25th of June, 1988. I remember (laughs) the goodness of God in this awesome youth leader girl by the name of Alison, who would check me out when we were at youth group. I was focused on the Lord, she's looking at me. (laughs) I kind of had this list in my heart of the type of person I'd like to marry one day. It was kind of a thing between me and God. And after hanging out with Alison, I was like, this is the list. This is the thing that's actually in my heart. So when I come to church, I remember. Never told anyone. Come on. It was personal between me and God. The butterflies went off in my heart as a young adult thinking, I think Alison may be the one. (laughs) I remember having such a passion to be in ministry, going to youth camps. Come on, who loves mums and dads? You need to send your young people to the youth camp. Don't punish them by not sending them to camp. Send them to camp. (laughs) Went to youth camp and experienced the glory of God, the touch of God, the goodness of God, and felt a call to ministry. Remember crying in my bed at night time, thinking about what ministry could look like, thinking about, man, I wonder if I'd be able to preach at youth camps one day. wonder if that's what God's call is on my life. I remember. I remember going through a dark season. I remember going through the valley of the shadow of death in my 20s. Difficulty, felt like giving up. And I remember God speaking a simple word into my heart, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Can we remember today? Can we remember the goodness of God? Can we remember His kindness? Can we remember, watch this, the supernatural birth of your child when you were told that that would never happen and all of a sudden, God's been good. The order of faith, we remember. Last but not least, number three. We're gonna overcome fear. The weapon of the weak is praise. David's got challenges. Fact is, he's got a reason to be anxious because when he speaks about an army (laughs) and he speaks about wars, it's literal. He's got a reason to be worried. Watch what David says in Psalm 27 verse four. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. It's breaking loose in this brother's life, trust me. He says, I got a reason to stay up at night. 
I don't know how it's going to all turn out. Troubles on every side. Ever been there? But he knows how to worship. He knows how to come to the presence of God and lift up and worship the name of Jesus. And our worship today, it's a weapon. Watch Psalm 27 verse 5. It says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high. Come on, this is a word for someone today. He shall set me high upon a rock. Now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in His tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Here's the thing. The army was still there. The war was still raging around him. Yet he knew how to be a praiser. He knew how to worship. Here's my point. Rejoicing casts out fear. We're gonna learn to rejoice and worship when there's an atmosphere of difficulty and challenge. We're gonna learn to lift up the name of Jesus. Why? Because rejoicing casts out fear. I love how the Scriptures tell us that we are to bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. It doesn't say bring praise to the house of the Lord. It says bring a sacrifice of praise. Because the sacrifice is, don't feel like doing this, but I choose to worship anyway. I choose to lift up the Name of Jesus. I choose to bless Him. I choose to honour Him. I choose to glorify His Name. I choose to set my eyes upon the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Fear has the power to destroy us. Fear has the power to minimise our lives. But I'm calling us today, if you're going through a season of difficulty and challenge, we're gonna worship today. Come on, we're gonna worship and we're gonna lift up the Name of Jesus. Why? Because rejoicing casts out fear. Because when we praise, we have a revelation that His Name wraps all around me. We have a revelation that He's protecting me. He's watching over me and He's taking good care of me because why? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And today, if that's you, as you worship, you have a revelation. He set a hedge all around me in front of me, behind me, beside me. He's put a hedge all around me to bless me and to lift me up above my enemies. Come on, why don't we stand up on our feet this morning? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.